Our loving Father in heaven, blessed be thy holy name, O Lord. Glory be unto you, for you have done wondrous things for us. You've given us life. You've sustained us. You've been good to us in granting us good health. And you've also given to us the blessing of your word. Blessed be thy holy name, O Lord. As we have come to study now, we pray, open thou our eyes that we may behold wondrous things out of thy law and help us through your spirit to rightly divide the word of truth. Dear Father, consecrate me to your service and speak blessings to your children. In Jesus' name I prayed. Amen. That I may know him. January 7. Co-workers in creation. And God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. Genesis chapter 1 verse 26 and 27. After the earth was created and the beasts upon it, the Father and the Son carried out their purpose which was designed before the fall of Satan to make man in their own image. They had wrought together in the creation of the earth and every living thing upon it. And now God said to his Son, Let us make man in our image. Adam and Eve came forth from the hand of their Creator in the perfection of every physical, mental, and spiritual endowment. God planted for them a garden and surrounded them with everything lovely and attractive to the eye, and that which their physical necessities required. The holy pair looked upon nature as a picture of unsurpassed loveliness. The brown earth was clothed with a carpet of living green, diversified with an endless variety of self-propagating, self-perpetuating flowers. Shrubs, flowers and trailing vines regaled the senses with their beauty and fragrance. The many varieties of lofty trees were laden with fruit of every kind and of delicious flavor. Adam and Eve could trace the skill and glory of God in every spire of grass and in every shrub and flower. The natural loveliness which surrounded them like a mirror reflected the wisdom, excellence and love of their heavenly Father. And their songs of affection and praise rose sweetly and reverentially to heaven, harmonizing with the songs of the exalted angels and with the happy birds who were caroling forth their music without a care. There was no disease, decay, nor death anywhere. Life, life was in everything the eye rested upon. The atmosphere was impregnated with life. Adam could reflect that he was created in the image of God, to be like him in righteousness and holiness. His mind was capable of continual cultivation, expansion, refinement and noble elevation for god was his teacher and angels were his companions amen the title of our devotion for today is co-workers in creation 
Our key text is Genesis 1 verse 26 and 27 which says, God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. Amen. God said, let us make man in our image. The inspiration Moses received concerning the nature of God shows that the nature of God is not a sense of one personality, but God says that man was to be in, not my image, but in our image. Whoever God was talking to had the same image of God as God himself. Therefore, we see that the personality of God is not one. So apart from the Father, we see that there is also another personality involved. Who is this personality? The book of John supplies the answer to us. John chapter 1 verse 1 and 2. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Somebody was with God, the Father, when he said, Let us make man in, not my image, that's not what the Father said, but let us make man in our image. Who is that person that he was talking to? John says there was someone with God in the beginning. Because Genesis 1 verse 1 says, In the beginning God created. So the beginning John is referring to is man's beginning, that there was someone with the Father and that was the Word. Now not only does he stop at saying that that was the Word, but he ends John 1 verse 1 by saying, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God, that's verse 2. As we have said, the beginning is the creation of this world. But to the beginning, not just the beginning of the creation of this world now, John sees beyond that. He is talking of the beginning of the creation of all things that exist. As far back as time immemorial, he says that there was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was that God which we know of in the beginning. He goes further to explain his works, to prove that he is God by stating that in John 1 verse 3, all things were made by him, that's by the Word. And without him, the Word, was not anything made that was made. Wow, all things were made by him and the word being referred to here is Jesus Christ. He was a co-worker and that's the title of our devotion, co-workers in creation. He was a co-worker with the father in the creation of all things that exist, whether they be principalities or powers, angels or humans. Paul put it this way in the book of Colossians 1 reading from verse 12. He says, giving thanks unto the father which has made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light who had delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of his dear son, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins, who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. For by him were all things created. Verse 16 he says, For by him were all things created, that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him and he is before all things and by him all things consist amen such a potent passage to explain the divinity of jesus and that he is the creator jesus christ is the creator of all things that's what he's saying here and he is before all things and all things consist by him we read in our devotion that i may know him page 13 paragraph 2 after the earth was created and the beasts upon it, the father and son carried out their purpose which was designed before the fall of Satan to make man in their own image. They had wrought together in the creation of the earth and every living thing upon it and now God said unto his son, let us make man in our image. End of quote. 
Psalms chapter 33 verse 6 to 9 tells us how this creation was done. It says, by the word of the Lord. Remember who created the word? By the word of the Lord where the heavens meet and all the host of them by the breath of his mouth. He gathered the waters of the sea together as an heap. He laid up depth, the depth in the storehouses. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. For he spake and it was done. He commanded and it stood fast. Who is he that spoke and all things were created? It is God, but this God who spoke is the word Jesus Christ. The Lord who made the heavens and all the hosts of them is Jesus Christ. He created all things by merely speaking. There is something else we need to establish concerning this matter of creation. The great I am, when speaking to Israel, told them that they are to worship no other God. God alone is deserving of worship. Exodus 34 verse 13 and 14. But ye shall destroy their altars, break their images, and cut down their groves. For thou shalt worship no other God. For the Lord whose name is Jealous is a jealous God. So is there any other God that is to worship apart from God, that is to be worshipped apart from God? No, even Jesus Christ himself said it. Luke chapter 4 verse 8. And Jesus answered and said unto them, Get thee behind unto him. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Get thee behind me, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. Amen. So Jesus refused to worship the devil, declaring his reason to be that only God is to be worshipped, and there is no other person to be worshipped, no other being to be worshipped. In other words, if any other being feels worthy to be worshipped and receives worship, that would be blasphemy. But we have a question to ask. Why is this the case? Why is it only God that is to be worshipped? Why can't we worship someone else or any other God for ourselves? The answer is found in Revelation 4 verse 11. Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are and were created. Amen. The reason why it is only God that is to be worshipped is because he is the one who created all things. And that's why the psalmist David says in Psalms 148 verse 1 to 5, Praise ye the Lord. Praise ye the Lord from the heavens. Praise ye him in the heights. Praise ye him all his angels. Praise ye him all his hosts. Praise ye him sun and moon. Praise ye him, all ye stars of light. Praise him, in heav ye heavens of heavens, and ye waters that be above the heavens. Let them praise the name of the Lord. Why? For he commanded, and they were created. Amen. David here again reiterates what I have said, and what John wrote in Revelation 4 verse 11. And that is, the reason that all the hosts, which includes sun, moon, the sea, angels, all the hosts of heaven, the reason they are to praise the Lord is because he created them. God's right to be the only one to receive worship is because he is the creator of all things and anyone who is trying to receive worship is a rival to God and a usurper of authority or one that is equal with God. Moreover, we find more evidence in the inspired Psalms of God's claims to worship solely because he is the creator. Psalms 95 verse 6 and 7 says, Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker, for he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Also in Psalm 96, we read the following that expresses why God is separate from all other gods and why he alone is to be worshipped. 96 reading from verse 4 and 5 says, For the Lord is great and greatly to be praised. He is to be feared above all gods. For all the gods of the nations are idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Another one is the inspired writings of Isaiah. 
Isaiah 46 verse 3 to 5. Hearken unto me, O house of Jacob, and all the remnants of the house of Israel, which are born by me from the belly, which are carried from the womb. And even to your old age I am he, and even to your whore hairs will I carry you. I have made, and I will bear, even I will carry and will deliver you. To whom will you liken me and make me equal and compare me that we may be like? Amen. From these passages, we see that the reason that all the hosts of heaven and all creatures on earth worship God is because he created them. And this mark of creation is what separates the God of heaven from all other gods which are idols. It is therefore important that we understand that anyone who receives worship must be creator. Why do angels worship? Not because Jesus died for them. The Father in heaven did not die for any angel. Why do, why do angels worship him? Because he created them. So, let us now come to see our Lord Jesus and what he says about this. Remember, we've seen that Jesus himself said that we should worship only God and him only should we serve. Now, one thing we will take note of is that even Jesus allowed his apostles to worship him and received worship from many. Let us look at it. In Matthew 2 verse 11, when he was born as a child, it says, And when they were coming to the house, that's the wise men, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts, gold, and frankincense, and myrrh. This is the first account we see. Jesus received worship. Another one, Matthew 14, verse 33. It says, They that were in the ship came and worshipped him, saying, Of a truth, thou art the Son of God. Matthew 15, verse 25. Then came she and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. Matthew 9, verse 18. While he spake these things unto them, behold, there came a certain ruler, and worshipped him, saying, My daughter is even now dead, but come and lay thy hand upon her, and she shall live. In Matthew 28, verse 9 and 10, this is after the resurrection of Jesus, it says, And as they went to his disciples, behold, Jesus met them, saying, All hail! And they came and held him by the feet, and worshipped him. Then said Jesus unto them, Be not afraid. Go tell my brethren that they go into Galilee, and there they shall see me. Luke 24 verse 51 and 52 And it came to pass while he blessed them, he was parted from them and carried up into heaven. And they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with joy. John 9 verse 35 to 37 Jesus heard that they had cast him out, that's the man who he healed that was blind. And when he had found him, he said unto him, Dost thou believe on the Son of God? He answered and said, Who is he, Lord, that I might believe on him? And Jesus said unto him, Thou hast both seen him. And it is he that talketh with thee. And he said, Lord, I believe. And he worshipped him. Amen. In these numerous accounts and passages that I have read, we see Jesus receiving worship. And when people worship him, he does not say to them, No, 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 don't, don't worship me. And remember that we have seen that there is only one being that is worthy of worship. And that is who? God. And we have also seen that the reason that is the case is because God is creator. Now, all this is that we have seen men worshipping God. That's all we've seen. But just in case, before I continue, just in case someone is trying to downplay the acts of worship done by these people to Jesus, probably you are thinking that it was just mere obeisance, just the way some men greet their fellow men. And that these people, were, that's what they were giving to Jesus. It's not really worship as unto God. Okay, let us see how the disciples responded when these same acts were done to them. Acts chapter 10 verse 25 and 26 And Peter was coming in. Cornelius met him and fell down at his feet and worshipped him. 
But Peter took him up, saying, Stand up, I myself also am a man. Question. Did Jesus ever do this to anybody, telling them, Stand up, I myself also am a man, don't worship me? No. From here we see that when the word worship is used as something done by one person to another, as far as at least the New Testament goes, at least the man who wrote in the book of Acts, Luke, as far as he's concerned, it does not mean a mere greeting. It means actual worship as something done to a God. Peter knew this and refused that it should be done to him no matter how small the act of worship was. In another account, we see the same thing done by Paul and Barnabas in the book of Acts 14, verse 11 to 15, when they had preached in Lyconia. And the people failed, and they had done some great work, and the people felt, Oh, God is with us. They called Barnabas, Jupiter, and Paul Mercurius because he was the chief speaker, and they wanted to worship them. In verse 14, it says, Which when the apostles Barnabas and Paul heard of, they rent their clothes and ran in among the people, crying out and saying, Sars, why do you these things? We are also men of like passions with you, and preach unto you that ye should turn from these vanities unto the living God, which made heaven and earth. See the reason? He turned to God. Why? Creation once again which made heaven and earth and the sea and all things that are therein. Amen. So, the point I'm making here is don't downplay the kind of worship Jesus received. And all those times, Jesus never rejected it. Numerous times people worshipped him, he never rejected it. And here we see Paul and Barnabas rejecting worship. Then how about angels? John, when he had come, almost come to the end of the revelation given to him at Patmos, as he saw the end from the beginning and the plan of God as revealed in future events, he was filled with awe and reverence for the angel who was speaking and showing him these things. He fell down to worship. Let us read the account. Revelation 19 verse 10. John said, And I fell at his feet to worship him. And he said unto me, See thou do it not. I am thy fellow servant and, thy, and of thy brethren that have the testimony of Jesus. Worship God. For the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Amen. So we see that even an angel refused worship. And what was the act of worship? John merely fell at his feet. Is that not the same thing that they did to Jesus? That's the same thing we read in the book of Matthew chapter 28. It says there that in verse 9, But when Jesus said, All hail, and they came and held him by the feet and worshipped him. The same thing done to the angel. What was the angel's response? Don't do it. And what was Jesus' response? He received it. He did not reject it because he is God. And then in Luke 24 verse 52, they worshipped him. And we've seen several other passages where he was worshipped. And it is only Jesus that when he was worshipped, did not say to the people, don't worship me. His apostles did and even angels did do that. Wherefore, in light of all of this, we need to reason with ourselves and ask ourselves the question, is Jesus God? Of course he is. Now that we have seen these things, what is our conclusion? If it is idolatry to worship any other divine being, then it follows that Jesus, who is our second Adam, was divine. All the angels of God and the saints were guilty of idolatry, for they worshipped him. And Jesus himself will be guilty of a blasphemy because he received worship. But no. The angels who worshipped Jesus, like we see in Hebrews 1 verse 6, it says, When he bringeth in the first begotten to the world, he said, All and let all the angels of God worship him. If Jesus is not God, then angels are guilty of idolatry 
and Jesus is guilty of blasphemy for receiving worship. But that's not the case. Jesus is God, the creator. And he received worship. He is God with us. He was God manifest in the flesh. And that is the mark to show that he indeed is our creator because only the creator of heaven and earth can receive worship. That's why the Father says in the book of Philippians 2 verse 9 to 11, Wherefore God also had highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord and to the glory of the Father. Therefore let every tongue confess today, let every knee bow today to the glory of God the Father to understand that Jesus is King of kings and Lord of lords. Amen. Now let us go to another part of this understanding. Now that we know that Jesus is the creator of man, for to have the excellency of the knowledge of Jesus Christ, man not only needs to understand Jesus as his creator, but what is his consequent relationship to Jesus, knowing that Jesus is our creator. Genesis 1 verse 26 to 27 tells us how God created man in his image. Male and female created he them. We have already seen that when God says, let us make, Jesus is the one who is responsible for the creation and it was Jesus who was with him, the Father. The Father and the Holy Spirit also being a part of the personalities included in the word us. So we can say Jesus created man in his own image, after his own likeness. And what was this image of God in which man was created? What does it mean to us? Let us explore the Bible. In Genesis 2, reading from verse 19, we see God showing that man was truly in his image. When he brought the animals to Adam, it says, he brought them unto Adam to see what he would call them. And so whatsoever Adam called every living creature, that was the name thereof. So what was happening here? Was it Adam that named the animals? And did God not know what the names of the animals were before Adam named them? Of course he knew. The great I am is omniscient and there is nothing unknown to him. He created all these creatures and called them by their name. He created man and gave him the name man and anything he created, he knew what their name was. Acts 15 verse 18 says, Known unto God are all his works from the beginning of the world. So God knew what lion was before he created lion. So what was it that he made Adam to do then? We see that God brought the creatures to Adam. That's what he says in Genesis, 1, Genesis 2 verse 19. To see what he would call them. And it says there that whatever he called the creatures, that was the name God had already given them. That means Adam had the mind of God. Whatever name Adam gave those animals is the same name God had in his mind. And in what that is what, what shows you what it means for us to be in the image and likeness of God. You have the same mind as him. Then also we see that Adam, it says in Genesis 2 verse 25, him and Eve, that they were both naked and not ashamed. Why is that so? It's because they were covered with light just as God is covered with light. Psalms 104 verse 1 and 2 tells us, Bless the Lord, O my soul, O Lord God. Thou art very great, thou art clothed with honor and majesty, who covers thyself with light as with a garment, who stretcheth out the heavens like a curtain. Another important point is that God gave them his garden, Eden, for them to stay in. So what then is the responsibility of man towards God when he has known Jesus as his creator? If there ever was a time to know Jesus as our creator, that time is now. It's more important today. We have read in Revelation 14 verse 11 these words, Thou art worthy, O God, to receive glory, honor, and power, for thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are and were created. And this passage is telling us that God is worthy of worship, 
by virtue of the fact that he created beautiful things like we have seen in our devotion but i'm not dwelling on that the the works that god created were really beautiful to behold like it said there about adam and eve they traced the skill and glory of god in every spire of grass and in every shrub and flower and it is for us today to dwell more in nature because when we spend time with nature it brings us closer to god and that's one important lesson but i'm saying now that to know god as the creator is to realize that you are to worship him and today it is far more important to know jesus christ as the creator and i'll explain why the final message given to the world as we see in revelation 14 reading from verse 6 and 7 it says and i saw another angel fly in the midst of heaven having the everlasting gospel to preach unto them that dwell on the earth and to every nation and kindred and tongue and people saying with a loud voice fear god and give glory to him for the hour of his judgment is come now hear this he says and worship him that made heaven and earth and the sea and the fountains of waters what does that remind you of genesis 2 reading from verse 1 to 3 thus the heavens and the earth were finished and all the hosts of them how can you worship him that made it says in genesis 2 verse 2 and on the seventh day god ended his work which he had made and he rested on the seventh day from all his work which he had made and god blessed the seventh day and sanctified it because that in it he had rested from all his work which god created and made and in exodus 20 verse 8 the relevance is given to the sabbath exodus 20 verse 8 to 11 says remember the sabbath day to keep it holy six days shalt thou labor and do all thy work but the seventh day is the sabbath of the lord thy god in it thou shalt not do any work not thou nor thy son nor thy daughter thy manservant nor thy maidservant nor thy cattle nor thy stranger that is within thy gates for in six days the lord made heaven and earth the sea and all that in them is and rested the seventh day wherefore the lord blessed the sabbath day and hallowed it amen so let us combine these passages revelation 14 verse 7 that says fear god worship him that made heaven and earth genesis 2 verse 1 to 3 tells us that after the creation god rested on the seventh day and exodus 20 verse 8 and especially verse 11 tells us that we are to keep the sabbath day holy because god created in six days and rested the seventh day so in light of all of this what do we see god is commanding man to worship him as the creator we see that god is preparing a people who in these last days will be set apart as his representatives on earth in the book of revelation 7 verse 1 and down to verse 4 we read of them it says that these are people who are receiving the seal of god in their foreheads they are receiving the seal of god now what is the seal of god the, the word seal is the same thing as a sign that's what the word seal means you can see romans 4 verse 11 for that when he was talking of abraham who received the sign of circumcision which is a seal of righteousness so what is the seal placed on those in these last days who are represented in revelation 7 that god is trying to seal in exodus 20 verse 12 it says moreover also i gave them my sabbaths to be a sign between me and them that they might know that i am the lord that sanctifies them and in verse, verse 20 he says and hallow my sabbaths and they shall be a sign between me and you that you may know that i am the lord your god clearly here the seal of god is the sabbath and this is wisely so because there is no other commandment among the ten that separates those who worship God as creator and those who don't. 
The other nine commandments do not point to who is giving the commandments and it doesn't point to God as their creator. To know God, to have the excellency of the knowledge of Jesus Christ is to know him as the creator. And the way to show that we have a saving knowledge of God as the creator is to keep the Sabbath. Because it is that commandment that shows that we believe that this world was created by Jesus and not just by any other person because there are many accounts of creation today. One may say, I believe that God is the creator, but what shows that you believe he's the creator? You have to rest every seventh day because when you do that, no one can can be mistaken. They know that you are showing that you believe that this world was created in six days and that the God who created, which is Jesus Christ, rested the seventh day. There are many stories of all other gods that created, but their own account is different. So what differentiates me, my own God, from the gods that claim they created? Because God is the creator. He's not just claiming it. But I have heard folklore of how this world was created from many other cultures. It is not just the God of the Bible that claims to be the creator. There are many other gods here and there that claim to create. And based on the account, their story of how they created, and the way those gods are worshipped, we will know which god, which of the gods that you are worshipping that is your creator. When you rest every seventh day, it is clear that the one who you believe is the one of the Bible, Jesus Christ, that he created in six days and rested the seventh day. That is the way to show and differentiate yourself and your own God from the other gods of the world who claim also to be creator. I remember in my days in primary school, how we were taught in the Yoruba culture about the God that created and stories, folklore were told of how creation was done. So there are many stories of how creation was done. There's even the Big Bang Theory. There's one that the scientists put up. There's the one that many other religions give. But to differentiate it and show that Jesus is your God, you have to keep the Sabbath. And this is very, very important. There's another important thing I would love to show us as to why it is important that we understand the excellency of the knowledge of Jesus Christ and see him as our creator and worshiping him as creator. In Revelation 14 verse 1, we read concerning those who received the seal of God. It says, And I looked and lo, a lamb stood. Where did this lamb stand? On Mount Zion. And with him, 144,000, having the Father's name in their foreheads. So, remember that these 144,000 are those that are spoken of in Revelation 7 that received the seal of God. Now, they are standing with the lamb on Mount Zion. What does that mean for us? What is Mount Zion? Joel 3 verse 17 tells us, So shall ye know that I am the Lord your God, dwelling in Zion, my holy mountain. Joel 2 verse 1 also says, Blow ye the trumpet in Zion, and sound alarm in my holy mountain. So Zion is the holy mountain. That is what Zion is. So another name for Zion is the holy mountain. Now let us read something very interesting in the book of Isaiah 56. We want to see the relevance of the Sabbath as we come to the close of time towards the second coming of Jesus Christ, the great I Am. Why is this relevant? Let us see. In the book of Isaiah 56, reading from verse 1, it says, Thus saith the Lord, keep ye judgment and do justice. For my salvation, the second coming of Jesus, is near to come, and my righteousness to be revealed. Blessed is the man that doeth this, and the son of man that layeth hold on it, that keepeth the Sabbath from polluting it, and keepeth his hand from doing any evil. And in verse 4, it says, For thus saith the Lord unto the eunuchs that keep my Sabbath, and choose the things that please me, and take hold of my covenant. 
even them will I give in my house and within my walls a place and a name better than the sons and daughters, and I will give them an everlasting name that shall not be cut off. And in verse 7, he says, Even them will I bring to my holy mountain and make them joyful in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and their sacrifices shall be accepted upon mine altar, for mine house shall be called an house of prayer for all people. What's my focus here? In the last days here, as in Isaiah 56, God is saying that those who keep his Sabbath, that is verse 2, anyone that lays hold on the Sabbath, keeps it from polluting it, keep his hand from doing any evil also. That simply means keeping all the Ten Commandments. Because if you keep your hand from doing any evil, that means you must keep the other nine commandments. And then in verse 2, there also talks of keep the Sabbath from polluting it. That's ten commandments there. And anybody who does this, that he is going to bring them to his holy mountain. And what did we read in Revelation 14 verse 1? I looked and lo, a lamb stood on Mount Zion. That is the holy mountain. And with him and hundred and forty and four thousand. In these last days, to worship Jesus as the Creator is very important. Earlier, I said that if there was ever a time when to know Jesus as the Creator was of great consequence, it is now. But now I say, if there ever was a time when to keep the Sabbath was of great importance and consequence, that time is now. Because today, Jesus calls all men to worship Him as Creator of heaven and earth. And to keep the Sabbath is the only way that He has ordained that we show worship to Him as the Creator. And that's what I pray that the Holy Spirit impresses on our hearts. For to know Jesus as co-worker with the Father in creation is to also worship Him as Creator. And in these last days, He says those who worship Him as Creator will keep His Sabbath and He will bring them to His holy mountain. God is giving us this opportunity today to receive His Word and to receive Him as Creator. But to receive Him as Creator means that we must recognize the sabbath day and if you do not recognize the sabbath then you are not worshiping as creator there are many accounts and many gods that claim to create the only way to show that jesus christ is your own god that created is to rest every seventh day and i pray the holy spirit impresses this on your heart may god give us the grace to understand this and give us power to keep his commandments to receive the seal of the sabbath and keep it holy let us pray Thank you, dear Father, for your word which has come forth to us now. Thank you for the blessings you have afforded us as we have studied. These lessons are deep and only spiritual things and only through your spirit can spiritual things be discerned. So I pray, Father, open our eyes that we may understand the depth of this spiritual message that has been given, that we may realize that Jesus is our creator and worship him today as our creator is there one who is settling into this truth lord grant them graciously of your spirit may your holy angels also be with them to help them to settle into this truth that we may be transformed and conformed to the image of jesus and get the excellency of the knowledge of jesus christ our lord in jesus name i've prayed amen This message was brought to you by the angel with a strong voice. 
a ministry dedicated to preparing people to stand true to God and be ready for His imminent return. For more information and free online resources, please visit www.tawas.org. That is www.tawasv.org or contact info at tawas.org.